Hello. <laughs> Happy end of October Eve, and thank you for tuning in between picking up your leaves. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. It is. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo uh, High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. Definitely. In fact, let us know that you're out there. Press like, leave us a comment, or send us a prayer request. Big news, November 20th, we're doing something special. We have plans to step out of our four walls this, that Sunday and be the church. We love these types of Sundays. Join us with your family at 10 a.m. for the Build-A-Box event. We are making plans to bless and support those in Rochester with food needs. We need a few things. Number one, would you nominate a family that may need our help? Number two, would you plan on participating in the creation and delivery of those boxes? And number three, would you financially invest into the Generous Fund today to sponsor this event? And once again, thank you for your obedience to God's word uh, with your generosity and furthering the vision of echoing Jesus in Rochester and the surrounding area. The easiest way to give is to head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo Online Service. You're always so good to me. Yeah. You're always so good to me. You're my joy in every season. You're the reason that I sing. You're always so good to me.
good to me? Has he been good for you guys? Amen. So this next song is called A Million Little Miracles. I don't know if you've ever heard it before. But it just gives us an opportunity to remember all the little things that God does for us on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-to-moment. So let's sing it together. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how I can explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve I've got some scars but that's how you learn It's nothing short of a miracle I'm One. 
in this moment, we come to you and we thank you for the miracles, God, and we claim miracles that are to come. God, I pray for the people in the waiting in this room right now, God, that you will meet them where they're at. God, I pray for the miracles represented in this place when we look around and we see life and we see children, God, and I just pray right now that you will meet every single person where they're at, God. We praise your name. We ask for you to make way. We ask for you to come into our hearts, God. Today is about us aligning our heart, aligning our spirit with you, God, and that you will guide our steps, that you will light our path, God. And we just thank you for being a God who is a God of miracles. We thank you for being supernatural, God. We thank you for being a God of hope, restoration, healing, and transformation. And we just give you thanks this morning in your name. Amen. Good morning, Amen. Echo Church. How Ooh. are you? Good morning. Yes. So we absolutely love Child Dedication Sunday. It is one of our favorite things here. And so the families are coming up. For those of you that are visiting, I just want to give some explanation on what Child Dedication is for you to understand. But we take an excerpt out of Luke 2, when Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph and what happens. And I just want to unpack that a little bit. Child dedication is us looking at these beautiful children and presenting them back to God because they are not ours, they are His. And we are stewards as parents to these children. Secondly, in this moment, why it's so powerful and significant is that we are praising God and saying thank you. So setting time aside to look at these children and say thank you God for your promises, thank you God for providing these beautiful gifts to us. Third, we are speaking into their purpose, looking at these children and saying, God, make way, asking for God's plan, not ours, asking for God's purpose, not ours. And then the la lastly, we are asking God to bless these children as we pray over them, as the families are praying over their children, and then in you, church, that you get to pray with them in this moment as a church body, as God's family, just supporting these families. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bible is um, pretty clear, actually, um, on the importance that children hold. Um, Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So we can build our children up in lots of different ways. We can build them up with affirmations and responsibility, discipline, all important things. But if we are not creating a foundation in faith of Jesus, it's all in vain. Um, verses three and four go on to say that children are a heritage from the Lord, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born in one's youth. So let's talk about that, that, that this inheritance is from the Lord and that when we remember that, when we recognize that, we cultivate a culture of God's inheritance and we're literally creating legacies for years to come. And I love that visual of, of children being arrows. You know, an arrow has a purpose and it's, it's powerful. It aims for a specific destination. But what could be even more important than the arrow itself is the person holding the arrow. Okay, a warrior knows how to yield his weapon. And we as parents, as a church, we are responsible for truly knowing how to bring up these kids. So they are aiming in the right direction. So they're not causing damage. No, they're causing goodness and glory in the kingdom of God. Echo is committed to remember a couple of things um, when it comes to our families. So children are not our own. 
They are a gift from God, and therefore we understand that we are called to cultivate and care for our children. Biblically, we see examples that we are called to give God our children, and that in return, we believe that God will give them back to us. This starts with a story in 1 Samuel, um, and it's about uh, Hannah. Hannah was barren for years and years, and she cried out to God. She was on her knees, desperate, and she said, Lord, please, please, I beg you, if you just bless me with a child, I promise I will give him back to you in return. And God did. He blessed her. He gave her Samuel, and in return, she then dedicated Samuel to the temple. This action, this story ultimately led Mary and Joseph to dedicate Jesus um, at the temple when he was born. So today at ECHO, we are going to do our best to follow that biblical um, example and dedicate our awesome, fidgety, lovely children to the Lord. (laughs) So I'm going to do a declaration right now with these families. Families, I would just love it if you take a step forward. And then we have some of our lead team, if you guys want to come up, prayer team, if you want to come and just pray behind them as and just get in line. And then we're going to do a declaration, and then Sam and I are going to walk down the line, and we are going to pray over every child, okay? Just so you guys know what to expect. So in this declaration, parents, you can simply say, I do, after these statements. And this just means that you are agreeing with these statements. Do you recognize that your child is a gift from God and give thanks for blessing your life with his gift? If you agree, say, I do. I do. Do you dedicate your child to God who gave you your child? Do you pledge as Christ followers that you are to raise up your children up in a Christian home looking to Jesus for direction, wisdom, insight, and guidance? Do you promise to give your child every possible benefit between home, school, and your local church? Do you promise to pray over your child on a regular basis, leaning on God for him to bless your child? Do you ask God God to bless your child, to guide, direct, and guard your child's heart as you lead your child for all of their days. By agreeing with these promises, you are agreeing with God that they are now a child of God. Amen. All Amen. right. So good. So we're going to pr- take time to pray over um, each individual child. And we're also going to speak out their names and the meaning behind their names. Because we really believe in the power of, of a name, the power of speaking identity um, into a child's life. Um, so Christy and I are just going to go down the line here, every other, and uh, pray over each child. Please um, pray along with us, just in agreement in prayer. If you want to reach a handout or anything like that, um, you're, you're welcome to. So we get to start with Nolan. (laughs) All right, Nolan Ethan, your name means noble, champion, strong, safe, firm, and wise. That's a powerful name. God, thank you. Thank you so much for Nolan Ethan. God, thank you for what he represents with his life, a champion of life, a steady life, firm in the foundation of faith. God, we just pray that he grows up with roots that are so deeply rooted in who you say that he is. We pray that his life brings balance and steadiness to his family and everyone around him. We pray that his presence in this world is just a bright, shining, powerful arrow aiming towards your goodness. We thank you, God. Amen. 
All right, and we're gonna pray for Cade Alden and Sean and Renee are his parents. Cade Alden means blessed, battle, old friend, and wise protector, which I love that. And we're just gonna pray over you, okay? God, we just pray and claim Cade to you today, Jesus. And I just thank you for his life. God, I love that he is a wise protector, God. And just being the youngest in this family, God, I pray for eternal purpose, God. I pray for you to set him apart. And I just thank you so much for his parents, God. You have provided for them in so many beautiful ways, God. And I just pray for a kingdom purpose over his life, God, for you to use his voice, God, for you to give him a boldness and just speak life into him in this very moment. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay, we have two beautiful children over here, and I'm going to try not to sound Minnesotan. All right. We have Jorge Eulalio and Araceli Yasmin. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I practiced. Okay. All right. Araceli, heaven, jasmine flower, gift from God. And Jorge Eulalio, worker of the earth, well-spoken, sweet-spoken. I'm going to pray over you. God, thank you so much for these beautiful, beautiful children. We know that their presence here today is no small feat, but that it is a miracle. And God, I just pray that their words are sweet. I keep thinking about a jasmine flower and that as they grow, as they develop, that their scent is just going to sweeten, that their actions and their words bring sweetness and goodness like honey poured over the lives of every single person that they meet, every single person that they touch, that their lives are a blessing to everyone around them, that who they are just represents your heart above all else. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, and then we have one of our youngest little echoes here. This is Joseph Michael, and Joseph Michael means he will add, God will increase. There is none like God, and that he is a gift from God. And that's what we see when we see him, and I'm just going to pray over him. God, I just pray for Joseph right now. God, I thank you for the gift of life. God, I pray over his innocence, God, and I just pray for a head of protection over his mom and dad. God, I pray for them to be present in this season, God. And I just pray for gratitude to overflow, God. I pray for joy in the home, God. And I just pray for purpose in Joseph's life, God, that you are calling him by name, that you have an eternal plan, God. And we just thank you for his life today. We dedicate him up to you. And I just pray for you to use his life for radical things, God, because you are a radical God. In your name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, Mr. Lincoln, Richard, powerful. Make sure you're seen. I see that beautiful face. Powerful, hearty, mighty, brave ruler. I bet your parents are feeling that in the household. I love those words. Lord, thank you so much for this powerful, for this strong, a strong, beautiful human that we have in front of us. We just recognize that his life is a force that he was put on this earth to make a difference, to forge ahead, to move forward, to bring people into your kingdom, to show them your goodness, to show them your love. God, that his presence is just a power, powerful rule that when he steps into a room, that the just atmosphere changes. They're like, oh boy, Lincoln's here. He's ready. And he's about, he's about to change what's happening. He's about to shake it up. We thank you, Lord, so much. Amen. Oh, she's sleeping. 
All right, this is Layla Marie. And Layla Marie means night and wished for child. And the wished for child just struck me this morning and just the journey you guys have been on and how you have wished and dreamed about being a mom and a dad. And I would just love to pray over her right now. God, I just come to you right now and we just thank you for Layla Marie, God. We thank you for answered promises, God. And I just pray for crazy amount of purpose in this season, God. And I just pray for you to use Layla's life, God, that she's wished for, God. But I pray for her to be a truth teller, for her to be bold, God. I pray for prayers to be spoken out loud in their home, God. And I just pray over Nathan, God, as he leads his family, God, just use these guys, God, in radical, beautiful ways, God. And we just lift up Layla to you. We give her to you, God. And we just pray for you to just give them supernatural strength in the long days, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Okay, little Valor. Oh man, Valor Ray. What a cool name. I'm so excited to pray over you, Valor. Your name, bravery, courage, worthy, wise, protector, one with purity. Lord, we just, we give you Valor in this moment. We know that Valor is no surprise that you had her in your mind from the beginning. And we just recognize the presence of her in this world, that it it shows your goodness, that she is one of your many miracles, and that she is here to help this generation come up as one of purity, one that is courageous, one that protects their people. Lord, we know that she may be just a small, small, bitty little thing right now, but that she is going to be making a big difference in her life and those around her. We thank you for her presence. Amen. All right, guys. How you doing? He's crazy, guys. I know. Okay, we're dedicating Matthias Henry. Matthias Henry, I should say. Sorry, I know his name. I know. Okay, so Matthias Henry means gift of God, honor, enduring strength, and house ruler. House ruler. So he's number three. Is he the house ruler? Yes, yes. That's what I thought. That's we had a good time when we were looking these names up. And then Josie Ellen, the youngest of the four. And Josie means God will add or increase in bright, shining light. And I just love that so much. And we're gonna pray over them right now. God, I just lift up Josie and Matthias to you, Jesus, and we just thank you for who they are, God, and how they are positioned in this family for such great purpose, God, and I thank you for their bold personalities, God. I pray for them to be fearless for you and not fearless of the world, God. I pray for them to be set apart, and I just pray for creative ways for them to worship you, live for you all of their days, God. I pray for unity in their family, God, just with this pack of four kids that you have purpose for them, even just as siblings. And I just pray right now for you to unify them, grow them in faith, grow them in perseverance, and grow them in endurance. And we just lift both of them up, dedicating them to you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, Nyla. We got Nyla Elizabeth May. She is a champion, an achiever, winner. 
God is my oath, growth of spring and new beginnings. Woo, this girl's got it going on. Okay, thank you, Lord, for Nyla. God, we just lift her up to you today. Lord, we just declare that she is a champion, an achiever, a winner of this life, that her life is an oath to you, that with every year there is growth that is fresh like the spring, that every year she brings new beginnings with every single birthday that she just represents newness and wholeness in her family. We are so thankful for her presence here today. We love you, Lord. Amen. We're, we're making this work, guys. We got this. Dominic Jude means worldly, and we're just going to lift him up right now. God, I just thank you so much for Dominic, God. I just thank you for his precious heart. God, I just see his tenderness every single week, God, and I just thank you for that. I pray for his childlike heart and childlike faith, God, and I just pray that you will continue setting him apart, speaking life into him, God, and I just pray for his character as it's being shaped in these younger years, God. I pray that you will equip his parents just to love him in the best ways, God, that you have called them by name and you are calling him by name, God. And I just thank you for Ashley and Nathan and just how you use them, God. And I just pray for their purpose to grow and expand in this season. And we just set Dominic apart to you today, God, and say thank you. Thank you for his life. He is a true gift yes. in your name. And Lord, I just I, I feel you pressing right now. Lord, I just want to pause for a minute. And I want to just recognize in this moment, it, what maybe what was unexpected for us is not unexpected for you. And that whatever this family is facing, even right now today, mm-hmm. that we know that it's all going to praise your name. Jude means to praise God. And we know that his life is going to praise God and that the life of this family, their unity, and that the way they fight for your goodness, that it's going to praise praise you, God. And so we just thank you for this life and we thank you for this family. Amen. It's okay. We're doing great. Aspen. Aspen gray means shaking tree and balance, which I love. And so we're just going to pray this. All right, God, we just come to you and we just give you Aspen, God. Shaking tree. I just even see how he has shaken Morgan's life up, God. Yes and how he changed the complete trajectory of her life, God, and just the purpose of her even being a mom. And I just pray that you will continue equipping her, giving her peace and patience. God, giving her ways to worship and be grateful for you every single day, God. And I just thank you for Aspen. I just see him as a strong warrior, being a strong young man, God. And I just pray for eternal purpose over his life, God. We dedicate him to you today, God. We pray for his future. We pray for his character, God. And I just pray for the unique bond between he and his mother, God, that you will use that, God, that you will equip them and just give them creative ways to serve you and live for you all the days of their life. And we just give this up in your name. Amen. 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 Guys, can you please give it up for every single family on this stage? Families, you can make your way back to your seats. Oh yeah. How's everybody doing today? 
How many would agree that seeing all those beautiful kids remind us of how many miracles are truly just surrounding us? But how many are also thankful, equally as thankful, that there is called a children's ministry here at Echo? <laughs> oh, I love the chaos. I love it. I love it. The controlled chaos is one of my favorite things in life. For those that don't know, I used to be a youth pastor for 15 years, and that was my ministry philosophy, controlled chaos. Just embrace it, because that's what it's all about. So uh, anyway, um, we're in a series right now, or a collection of talks called um, Back to the School of Leadership. And the simple question is this, is, is what's in your backpack on your journey? Uh, we just, we just uh, what I'm trying to do is remind each and every one of us every week that, that you are a leader no matter what context you're in. So look at your neighbor and say, I am a leader. <laughs> I can hear in your tone, some of you like, are like, yeah, I said it because he told me. And then there's others that are like, yeah, I am a leader. Move over. <laughs> Move over. Uh, but what we're, we've been talking about the last few weeks is character. And uh, we don't want to just be a character, which I know some of you are. Uh, we want to have good character. Anybody with me here today? You want to have good character. That's what we want to lean into. And, and as I thought about good character, if, if, if there are a few things that make up a good character or, or uh, make character uh, that's something that could be lasting and that could leave a legacy, I think you need to have three things. Number one, it is integrity. The second is self-control, which we're going to talk about today. How many excited about that? <laughs> And then the third is, I really think it's important for us as leaders to, to get to a place where we're satisfied. Not satisfied then, but satisfied now. Anyway, uh, the text that we've been leaning into to, to kind of learn some of these leadership principles is in Matthew 4. So if you have your Bibles open to Matthew 4, and, and previously... Um, uh, read in a couple weeks ago uh, was this one aspect of Jesus is entering into the wilderness and the enemy comes upon him or, or comes to test him. And, and we'll see it. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness and tempted, tempted by the devil or tested or put on trial by the enemy. Jesus felt led to the wilderness by the spirit and, and, and being directed by God. But when he got there, there were some trials along the way. And what we talked about a couple of weeks ago was uh, of this one concept. And, and it really kind of is wrapped around uh, the enemy trying to convince Jesus to turn stone into bread. And what I suggested to you, and I'm going to remind you again, is I believe that's the enemy's approach to try to get you to, um, to, to try to convince you to try to manipulate your, or manipulate your weakness, your insecurity uh, by really submitting your integrity to him. And I think we see it there in that. And again, we don't have time to talk about that. But what I do want to lean in is the second temptation, which is this. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now, the place matters. 
What you need to understand about the temple is this. This is the center of all religious activity and, 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 and importance to Jesus and his people. So I believe it's safe to say Jesus in the second temptation is brought to a platform. And when he arrives at that platform, he is now going to be tested and tempted in a whole different way. And the way that he's tested is, is simply put by this, if and then. The enemy when, when is going to tempt you and, and your leadership with, with challenging you, of, and again, it kind of goes back to that insecurity, challenging you of who you are. And he's going to say, if you think you are who you are, then, and that's where he's trying to convince you to do something about it. So many times in life, we can get sucked into the lie of trying to prove oneself. And and, and that's exactly what the enemy does to Jesus, uh, the tester of, of Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down. Do something about it. Now, now, where this would have happened, there would have been thousands of people potentially present, and Jesus could have had that opportunity to fly in front of people. He could have bungee jumped, base jump. He could have start, kick-started the extreme sports era uh, right then at the temple. See, what the enemy's trying to do with Jesus is, is he's trying to manipulate, and we're going to read this in a second, manipulate God's word and then give you some ammo to justify your action. See, what the word of God does for us as leaders is it begins to speak true identity within us. And that's what the enemy is trying to do to Jesus is he's trying to manipulate the word so that Jesus would maybe impress a few people and then have the justification to do so. This is what the enemy says, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. If I can just really simply help you understand what's going on here is the enemy is just simply testing and trying to convince Jesus to do something spectacular. Okay, this is your moment, Jesus. You have reached a platform. I've delivered you to the, the center of religious activity. And this is your opportunity to make a spectacle of this moment. And, and I'm telling you what, the enemy in your leadership journey is going to lean into, into your ear and into and, and your mind and sometimes into your heart. And he's going to try to convince you to jumpstart your influence. And potentially try to jumpstart your influence just a little too early. There are some, I really do believe there is something significant about the right timing. I mean, let's think about this. Jesus is, is at the pinnacle, at the center of religious activity. And the enemy says, hey, do something spectacular. And Jesus chooses not to. But eventually he does. Right? And he does it. I mean, he, miracle, he does miracles and, and, he, he, and his teachings just impress so many individuals and so many groups of people. And it's eventually what he does. But I, there's something about Jesus understanding that the platform wasn't meant for him to capture people's 
attention. But he wanted to do something greater. And, and, and so if I could say it like this, the second temptation in, in, in a sentence format would be this, is, is you as a leader need to understand that your achievements will tempt you to shift your focus on what matters most and try to convince you to impress your audience. It's, it's so easy to get into that trap. You and I have fallen into that trap from time to time. You achieve something, you accomplish something, and you get to that new place, and, 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 and then the next thing that comes to your mind is, what can I do next to go ahead and accomplish what I just felt? Y'all get what I'm saying? Anybody here with me? It is so easy to get stuck within that temptation. I would say it like this. Uh, So many people experience it. It's too much too quick. And there are individuals who who step into influence and uh, a leadership prowess or an opportunity, and it's just too much and too quick. And when that happens, a fall is bound to happen. In fact, I was just reading an article uh, yesterday about how 78% of professional athletes, after they retire, three years later, they're broke. That's pretty wild. It's pretty wild to think about that because when you think about self-control and you think about structure, you also think about the athlete. And what's What's fascinating about that is, as you know, for most of their life, they've been in a structure, they've been in a program, they've, they have worked incrementally to get to the place that they're at, and then all of a sudden they have a windfall of influence and financial gain, and you know what happens? They don't know what to do with it, because they don't understand that the same way they were self-controlled in their physical life, they need to apply that to their financial life. And what took took year upon year upon year upon year to eventually get to the place where they had some achievement. They had implemented that self-control. They had that focus, but then when all of a sudden their pockets are full, they don't know what to do with it. The same guy that was writing an article says this, is that significant amount of income in a short period of time, they, they, they get stuck in this idea of supporting or, Im- or impressing the entourage or their extended family or friends around them. Therefore, they lose about everything. It's too much too quick. We have to be careful that when we achieve something that, 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 that we keep in mind that this is a moment of self-control and leadership focus. So let me just ask you a few quick questions. What matters most to you? As a leader, what matters most to you? Or let me ask you like this, or someone that have, have maybe gone some places in your leadership and maybe you're achieving and you're accomplishing and you've reached a platform somewhere of influence. What used, let me ask you this, what used to matter most to you? Have you remained faithful to the focus that you had in your life or the calling that is or the goal you have in mind or are you shifting? Now let me say this, are you faithful in your leadership at this moment or has there been a leader shift? Leaders, are you being faithful in the now with your focus and your self-control or has there been a leader shift? Leadership requires focus. 
It doesn't matter when you start or if you're midway or you have just arrived. Focus is so important, but so many of us get unfocused. We get off focus. And, and, and honestly, to be a focused leader is to understand the requirement of self-control. See, I believe some people reach the platform accidentally, but most leaders arrive intentionally and with self-control. So what is in your backpack? Do you have the character that God wants you to have? And within that character, character pouch, is there self-control? And I thought today would be an excellent opportunity to confess to you what self-control I don't have. <laughs> I've been waiting for a whole hour to get to this point. I'm just not eating a nutty bar just for, for kicks up here. I want to tell you this. When I was in high school, I almost choked because um, I realized how long high school was ago. <laughs> for a few of us. Anyway, I'm kidding. Uh, I would go eat lunch. And then after lunch, I would go to the a la carte line. Can I hear an amen for the a la carte line? You know what I'm saying? Like the pizza wasn't good enough, wasn't enough. So anyway, when on the a la carte line, they had a nutty bar or a nutty buddy, whatever it was at that point. And uh, it was 25 cents for, for a nutty bar. And I'd go and buy one, and I would do it every day. <laughs> I created a habit because of lack of self-control. And some days, it was so good, and they were so fresh, I would go buy another one. And then I looked at like the, the, the health thing and I realized, oh boy, that's like 45% of my fat intake. It was wonderful. <laughs> and now to this, to this day when I'm working on a project and I enter into Menards, how many of you know, not only do I leave with the lumber, some lumber and maybe an extra tool, but I also leave with a double-sized nutty bar <laughs> to put in my car. I shouldn't tell you that. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> How about this? I have had a problem with self-control when it comes to pranking people. <laughs> Why not? I'll go into it again here. Just excuse me. Go into my special place here. Every, every opportunity that I have to prank someone, I cannot help myself. I'm telling you, if, if it's dark, you know, it's late at night and my wife's walking up, uh, walking up the stairs, and if I have time enough to grab my phone and press record, it is so difficult for me to have self-control. And most of you appreciate it when I post it online. The other kind of self-control issue I remember that I, I had to overcome was when I was in college. I was at North Central, uh, 
North Central University, downtown Minneapolis, and I'm studying to be a pastor. And for the very first time, I am signed up for a food plan uh, or whatever it's called. Food plan? What? Meal plan. Meal plan. And, and, and uh, has anybody had a meal plan in college? You know what? It was so difficult for me to, to, to live through self-control because it was all-you-can-eat meal plan. And where I learned self-control was with the ice cream bar that stared at me every day. It didn't matter what I had for lunch. I was going to stop at the ice cream bar and get whatever I was, just one cone. That's where Nutty Bars kind of went on the, you know, on the wayside and ice cream really took hold of my life. Uh, but, but what I realized is there are some certain things in life where you begin to realize you need to exercise your self-control. And the question I have for you today is what is your nutty bar in your life? What is your Chewbacca? <laughs> or what is your ice cream? I realized in planning Echo Church, we, I had been off uh, social media for about four years. And when we started Echo Church, I, we felt the need to leverage the tool to be able to uh, let people know what we were doing and, and reach people for Jesus. And I remember um, we, we, we really tried to uh, utilize that tool. And I realized a couple years in that that tool is no longer a tool. It had become a hindrance in my own life. And there was a lack of self-control in just mindlessly swiping up and down. Self-control is easier said than done, all you judgers, when you're looking at my nutty bar. I'm telling you this, is when we reach a platform, we need to beware of a subtle shift from our desire to have positive influence and it's slightly shifting to a new desire to impress others. Can I say it like this? God is more interested when it comes to self-control. He's more interested in you improving than you are impressing. God is more interested in you improving in your leadership than your leadership impressing somebody around you. When it comes to leadership, a lack of self-control will encourage you to make small changes. And then those small changes eventually lead to subtle exchanges. Did you hear that? When you reach the platform or you have a sense of achievement, you will be encouraged to make small changes that no one will notice, but those small changes will encourage you to make subtle exchanges. And you know what types of things we exchange for? We exchange best for better. We, ch- we exchange in our life all the time in our leadership. We change great for Good. It, sometimes what we do is we, we, we exchange our faithfulness to gain favor or a following. And, and like I've mentioned already, sometimes we exchange improvement for impressing. And therefore we lose focus because we lacked self control. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is this, as a leader, God wants us to exercise self-control. Yes, yes, God is a part of it, but we have to step up and live it as well. 
There's a bunch of different types of leadership people in this place, but I want to address just a few of you today. There's some entrepreneurs or managers or bosses in this place. I just want to say this is stop exchanging your work-life balance. Seriously, some of you have exchanged your own health to focus on your wealth. And I'm telling you what, it may feel good, it might feel right, but God has got something better for you. How about the parents in this room? We love our all our million little miracles and our little children. And I would tell you what, what, if you don't if you don't really understand your purpose of of being a parent, then or maybe one of the angles of of the calling that God has on your life, specifically with your kids. It's, to, is, it's this, is to teach your children some focus. To teach your children to exercise self-control. I'm telling you, you are called to t- teach your children how to regulate in a world that is unregulated. One of the things that you could do that would benefit your children this week is start saying no more. And we're like, well, that's going to make my day really difficult. <laughs> like when they ask me to, to watch a show, well, it's just easier for them to be focused on that. It's easier for me to say yes, but I'm telling you what, we need to implement parameters and fences around our children. So not just to be strict, but because we're trying to teach them focus and self-control. Is anybody here with me? That's what God has called us to do. Abraham Herschel says this, self-respect is the root of discipline. Let me say it like this. Self-control is a root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself, specifically around nutty bars for me. So how did Jesus handle this temptation? He leaned in and, 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 and said to the enemy, he said this, it is written. This is also written. You may interpret it like this, but this is what is truth. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. See, Jesus understood, I believe this, Jesus understood that self-control first comes from self-controls. Implementing self-controls. I I guarantee you that Jesus grew up in a controlled environment and and, and, and probably a pseudo-religious environment so that when he went into the desert, not not only would he be empowered with the spirit to overcome, but because of the controls that were put into his life. And I'm preaching this message just to simply ask you this question. When's the last time you tested yourself instead of just testing God all the time? When's the last time you tested God or tested yourself instead of being disappointed with God because you're in a current circumstance and you think it's God to blame, but I just wonder if we put up the mirror to our soul, if we begin to realize maybe we've played a part in the lack of our focus or the lack of outcome because we have not exercised our self-control. So I'd ask you this, is this week, would you look at yourself physically and just ask yourself, when's the last time I tested myself physically? Am I, do I view my physical body as the temple of the Holy Spirit and have I put some self-controls and parameters within my own body to honor and steward what God has given me? How about this emotional, some of you need to look in the mirror and say, have I been faithful 
emotionally and steward my emotional and mental state the way that God wants me to. How about this financially? <laughs> When's the last time you looked at your finances and, 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 uh, and tested them to determine or help you develop self-control in those areas? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a prolific leader within uh, the church during World War II, he writes a book called The Cost of Discipleship. He says, strict exercise of self-control is an essential feature of the Christian life. Strict exercise of self-control is an essential feature of our Christians, our Christian life. So do you have self-control? What's areas in our life that we need to kind of button up so that when we reach a platform or a sense of an achievement or there's a change in our life, then we're not going to fall temptation to the leader shift, but step up and be the leader that God has called you to be. I got permission to share this story from, my, from one of my daughters. About six years ago, when she was in first grade, you can do the math and figure out what one I'm talking about. <laughs> we got an email from our teacher, which kind of threw us off guard because we, we didn't really understand what was going on. And the teacher said something like, you need to send more erasers or new pencils with, with your daughter to school soon because she doesn't have any. And we were so confused and we're like, what is going on? Why doesn't she have any erasers? And so we had that awkward kind of uh, moment with our daughter where we asked her like, why did we receive this email understanding she's only in first grade, trying to be kind and considerate and what was maybe going on. And, and, and we would ask like, well, we were giving them away or what's going on. And, and she only had one answer and it was this, they look tasty, dad. to find out she had been eating her erasers for the first few weeks of school. How many of you know that self-control is not always about self, but putting others around you to help you overcome certain issues? And I just sense there's some people in this room. Will you close your eyes, you bow your head, just for this moment of consideration. There's some of us, we walked in here and we've exercised zero control. Some of us know that we're out of control in certain areas. And Holy Spirit, would you just begin to reveal to us some of those areas? where we need to invite you into our circumstances to exercise self-control. But God, I also believe that, that, that people are sitting with their friends and their family or other church members around them. And it's not just by coincidence, but it's by purpose so that they might be able to come alongside each other to overcome the obstacles of leadership when it comes to focus and self-control.
Lord, we cannot do this alone. We need you. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, would you say amen? Every week, Echo Church, will you stand up? Every week we pray a prayer. And it's the reminder (laughs) that we cannot do it alone, that we need Jesus. That self-control is truly fleeting unless we invite Jesus into the center of everything we do. And so what we choose to do as a church, as a community, is we surrender daily. May this be your prayer. Join me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate those that said that for the very first time today. You know, another group of people that we want to celebrate, and we do this every week, is just to celebrate those that are here for the first time, especially those of you for child dedications. We're so glad you're here for the first time. Thanks for visiting today. Now, I have some really good friends that are going to come on stage with me some really amazing people. And uh, one of the things I prepped you guys for for the last couple weeks is that we wanted to do something for our pastors, for our staff that just really invest in us, that do a lot of really incredible things that just, I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's statistically being in ministry has never been harder. There are more people leaving ministry jobs than are going into it by a very large number. It's more and more common for ministers to feel depressed, to feel down, to feel on an island or isolated. And it puts a lot of pressure on people. Now, I'm not saying that our, none of our staff came to us and said this, but, but the board of directors really wanted to honor the, the staff of the church and just say how incredible we think you are. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take an offering today. And it's specifically for the staff. But I really want to stress to those of you that are here for the first time, nobody expects you to give. Nobody invited you here to, be, to, to give. I just want to make that super clear. Uh, but we just want to take a second and really honor this amazing group of people. Um, before I start, I have no self-control with public speaking. <laughs> but I was encouraged to, as I come up to public speak today to dress up a little yes. bit. Now, is, is, is there at least one other, one other guy in here that has a tie on today? I don't think so. Negative. Uh, there wasn't in the first service either. So, Anyway, Andy and Christy. Um, wow. Debbie and I have been in the church for long enough to, to meet and greet other pastors. And it, for all of us, for most of us in here, Our day is an eight to five, or maybe a second or third shift, or maybe we have a second job too, but it's time boxed. Um, If you have kids, then you have have a segment of time in your day for them, and then you get to sleep some, and then you repeat it the next day. For for pastors that are in ministry and leading a church, it's a 24-7 hour thing. It it, it never stops. And I just uh, admire and appreciate the balance that Annie and Christy bring to their family and to this church and, and to the Lord and, and, and bringing together, together and building a team of people that help enable us and help us to grow in our faith and to lead this church that the Lord's blessed us all with. 
And I just appreciate everything and the passion that they bring to, yeah. to this body. That's good. And I appreciate it so much. Yeah. I get to share about Jen Becker. Um, if For those of you that are first time here or maybe not as familiar, Jen is maybe everywhere, but you might not know what she's doing. She's our administrative coordinator. She's our administrative coordinator. And she is a master of details and taking care of all the things that go unseen. But people sure notice when things aren't done. And But alongside her is her husband, Mark. Um, both of them are such a blessing to this body. Um, Jen brings this amazing de- uh, skills with details, but what is the foundation of it is a heart and a love for people and providing a space for things to happen and to happen well. So it is not driven about a type A driven detailed person. It's a heart that loves and cares. And along with that is an amazing husband, Mark, who does have a full-time eight to five daytime job. Um, But as many that are involved in and serving in a church is it's not just your paid staff person, it's the entire family. So Mark, he blesses our kiddos over in Biggs in a big old way, but his support for Jen and for this body, and that includes Callan and Will, their sons, it's a family affair, and we thank you for what you give to us. You know, I just had to say something about Doug's tie. So my wife sent out a text to us saying, hey, wear your Sunday best, and this is what Doug wore, and this is what I wore. I just think this is great. Welcome to Echo Church. We're so glad you're here. This is who we are. Uh, I get the honor of just talking about Isaiah and Lizzie. And I just, uh, they lead our youth. And I just want you guys to know, you guys are such an answer to prayer for our family. Like, I want to be totally selfish. We prayed for an incredible youth ministry that invested in our teenagers, and we saw life change in them. And we have, you guys have exceeded anything we ever even prayed for. We love you guys. Uh, it's so obvious to me, not just in the the scheduled times in the youth group and that kind of stuff, but in the outside of that too. The fact that you invest in these kids and care so much, it means so much to us as parents. Um, Your energy, your youthfulness to to invest in them is just a really powerful thing. And we love you guys so, so much. And last but not least, Sam and Dex, the Kemets, we love you guys so much. Um, The two of you sit with people and love people and pour into people and it doesn't go unseen. Um, Sam, you bring energy and grit to the kids' ministry and help us raise our babies to love the Lord. And Dexter, with humility, you bring us into the presence of God every week. It's one of my favorite things. I'm thankful for the both of you and for all that you do to serve Echo. Let's give it up for our dream team. They're amazing, guys. Before we uh, go into the last song, let us pray for them. God, we thank you. I thank you for each one of these lives, Lord. God, I thank you for the the times that they lay things down, God, to serve you more. God, I thank you for the moments where they just sit before your presence, God, and pray for each of us. God, our stories, the things that we're walking through. God, they love this church, and I thank you for calling them, each of them, God. I thank you for equipping them to do this work. This work is not easy, God, and I I thank you for their hearts and their love for you, Lord. God, that they lead us each and every week, God, and that they create this place, Lord. I thank you so much for them and for their lives. I pray blessings over them this month, 
this year, God, and over their children and their families. God, just give them what they need to continue to do this work. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.